Today, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA playoffs, which are upon us, the NHL. Those playoffs are almost here, MLB, and so much more. Great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sports book because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings now in as quick as two hours, and we love the same game parlay available for you, the most popular ones, right when you log in each and every day. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started, ASA and P, but we ask that you please, Sign up with the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three, so that they know we sent you. And speaking of minus three, Eddie Spaghetti, let's start the show. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Coming up in just a minute here, one of our very favorites, and I do believe yours if you're a longtime listener. Of this show, Matt Money-Smith, voice of the Los Angeles Chargers and Angelino through and through. At this point, even though he has Chicago roots, he is the best resource for NBA playoffs and the Los Angeles Lakers and their melodrama. We're going to talk about that and the Chargers and more. Some music stuff, always insightful. When we hook up with Matt Money-Smith and good fun. Meantime, Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. Um, what's the poop there, Eddie Spaghetti? Sad times, of course, with Dwayne Haskins over the weekend. Not much to say about that tragedy other than, obviously, at 24, he had a lot of living left to do and uh, and heartbreaking stuff there. We don't need to indulge the media stuff beyond that, but, uh, but sad times for him and his family. Um, less importantly, obviously, but uh, let's quickly, before we get to money here, Spaghetti, get through some quick picks for you. Your blue shirts with a big one in MSG tonight against the Canes. Explain to me why your team, who's been pretty close to red hot, minus a loss to the Flyers last week, Mm -hmm. um, is getting plus odds at home on the money line against the Canes, who have not been great themselves. At the time of this recording, I still don't know who's starting in goal. Obviously, a huge gap between Igor Shosturkin, who's probably going to win the Vezina. His odds are insurmountable versus uh, Alexander Yorgiev. So that's the number one thing. I would say number two, potentially because of the line changes, getting some guys back from injury like Rooney and Capococco, changing up some lines. And I just think you could kind of read the tea leaves from Galan and other players who are just saying like, yeah, it's great that we are here. We clinched the playoffs. It's like, I think the collective Rangers team took like a big exhale and they're like, okay, well, if we don't really push to win the Metro, you want the penguins, say it, say you want the penguins. Cause I'm going to see two or, that you or, get them or the caps. But there's a chance too, if the Rangers do win the Metro, they could end up playing the Bruins instead of the, the lightning, which would be, uh, pretty good. Obviously, if I'm ranking those four teams, I'd probably put the Penguins number one because the Rangers have outscored them 11 to four in their four matchups, and then I'd probably put the Caps two, Bruins three, just because of the grit and then um, uh, the lack of scoring. And then obviously, the last team I'd want to play is 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 the Lightning. I don't know the Lightning. I think they're running out of gas. It, it, it's happened to other teams in the 21st century. Three straight long cup runs are hard to pull off just because straight up fatigue seems to catch up with uh, with teams here. Um, also, let's give you our bets here on these NBA play-in games. You got the Cavs and the Nets 
tonight. It's Tuesday at the time of this recording. Brooklyn Nets now laying nine and a half against the Cavs. And let me tell you, I don't think that's enough. I think the Nets are going to send a message that they are a legit threat to make to maybe go all the way to the finals. I really think outside of the Bucks, who are my pick, if you want to make a, a, a sprinkle a little something on anybody else, I think it's the Nets. The problem is that the Nets have relatively short odds, especially for a team that isn't even moving past this game tonight. How say you, Spaghetti? I, I totally with you on this. I think the Nets are going to blow them out. Um, you know, if you want to add some stuff together for a nice little parlay. Uh, and I don't know if you'll, I mean, look, the Kevin Durant is a guy that I never, uh, once he made the decision to go to the Nets instead of the Knicks, he kind of spurned the team that everyone thought he was going to. I didn't really love that. Obviously with the Knicks not making the playoffs, the Nets succeeding. And, but I, you, you kind of grow to like Kevin Durant. He comes back from the injuries. He, he, he's playing incredible basketball. Like he now said that the whole James Harden feud was because of uh, him coming into camp out of shape and Kevin Durant like wanted him to be game ready. He wanted him to be to be fast and physical and he wasn't that. And I kind of respect him just caring about the game of basketball so much in, a, in an era where players want to sit out and not play games. That being said, I can't see the Nets winning this game if Durant doesn't have a monster game. His over-under right now for points is 32 and a half. It's plus 100 for over 32 and a half. So I, I again, can't see if he's, he's not scoring less than 30 in this game. I don't see how they win this game without him having a monster game. So I like Kevin Durant over 32 and a half. And if you want to even get further on that, Kevin, Kevin Durant score 35 points or more is plus 146. So I like the Nets laying the points. I like those two uh, Kevin Durant props. You know, it's interesting. His name doesn't get mentioned at all in the MVP chase Kevin Durant this year. But if you, uh, you know, for me, for what my opinion counts, if you said you can have any player as we start the playoffs, let's do a draft and who can put the best team. I think I would take KD over Giannis. I would definitely take him over the Joker. I would definitely take him over Embiid. Um, the the head-to-head here is Giannis versus KD. I don't know that more GMs or coaches wouldn't rather have KD. He's a killer. He remains a killer. They totally. just about beat the Bucks last spring. I have a hunch that they're going to do it again here. And again, those deep playoff runs do wear on you. The problem for the Nets is that they were a part of that pretty deep uh, run a yep. year ago as well. To add, Clips, to, to, add, to add to that quickly, too, in your point, those are the only four guys you could pick. Um, but if you or have, Booker, you might it, go Booker. But yeah, but if if the game is if you're down two points and the, there's 10 seconds left, the only person you want the ball in their hands in that scenario to me is Kevin Durant. He's the most uh, versatile what he could do in the court. And that's to, to me, that's a no brainer. It is funny. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Giannis, for all of his uh, his otherworldly talents, you wouldn't say I want the ball in his hands more than I would want the other top five players in the league. Um, Cal, I mean, uh, Clippers at the T-Wolves. This is the chance for the Clippers. If they can get this game, I think they're really scary to Memphis. I think they present as a team that could go all the way to the finals or to the uh, conference finals at minimum. The problem is that they're not even supposed to win this one, and for good reason. The T-Wolves are for real themselves. T-Wolves laying three. The Clippers, here's their chance. People in Los Angeles have always heralded, much like people did 25 years ago, you know NASCAR is going to be the fifth major sport. It's going to be that. It's been popular. It never reached that status. Clippers, oh, they're going to challenge the Lakers in terms of popularity. They never do. Here's their chance. Make a deep playoff run. The Lakers are awful. I go back and forth on this one. 
I'm going to take the T-Wolves at home. How say you, Spaghetti? I do like the Clippers getting the points. Uh, I think Tyron Lue has really done a great job, obviously dealing with the injuries to Kawhi and then Paul George missing a huge chunk, but he is back now. Um, I think he's done a terrific job with them. With uh, I guess you could say it's a it's a deep team, but a deep team of, uh, I would say, average to maybe slightly above average players, and he's uh, done a remarkable job, so I like them. And, and Paul George being back, obviously, is a huge boost. So I, I like the star power of, uh, of PG to take over and, and they hmm. win this game getting a three i i mean minnesota's uh not without star power in my opinion as a matter of fact i think that that what that that's what sure, pulls you through in a big spot yeah uh hornets hawks uh trey young and company laying five to the visiting hornets i'll take the hawks here i think i i talk about it a lot that the NBA as opposed to the other leagues is progressive in that you make the playoffs one year, then you make a a longer run the next year, then you're kind of championship ready. Rare is the team that just comes out of absolutely nowhere and wins the title. The Hawks uh, have a little bit of experience. I think they ride that in this game. They cover the five against, uh, against Charlotte. How say you? Uh, I'm I'm with you on that. And I I do think Charlotte has a a pretty good roster and they are building something, but uh, you know, like you, I think you're making this point too on extra points after last year uh you thought the hawks were going to be a team that would maybe ascend even further and trey young was going to become really one of the elite stars in this game and uh, it's weird that it didn't really seem to happen he had a great year too he did he did and uh, i but i think you know b- b- big time players uh show up in these kind of games and i think the hawks land to five i'd say in confidence meter probably were behind the nets i feel pretty confident in this one i like trey young though so i have a, a big game interesting um yeah i'm with you and lastly you know what we could pick Pelicans and Spurs, but philosophically, let's give this game the hi-hat, Eddie Spaghetti. I don't think it deserves our attention. This is a bad game between two bad teams and trying to pick which one's going to suck a little less uh, in this one. It doesn't deserve our attention. Instead, let's get to Matt Money Smith, shall we? Like we say, the NBA play-in tournament is upon us. There are no sure things except one. Bet at least $20 in same-game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook, and you'll get an instant bonus, win or lose. That's correct. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out for the right to advance to the playoffs, but FanDuel's giving all customers a bonus for getting in on the action. And the more you bet, the bigger your bonus shall be. FanDuel, an official partner of the NBA. The app is safe, easy to use, and you'll get your winnings fast. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Well, all you have to do to change that is you sign up and make sure you use the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, to make every moment more. So don't just watch the NBA play in tournament. Be a part of it. Bet at least $20 in a same-game parlay and get an instant bonus, win or lose. And like Spaghetti and I have already told you, I think the right way to go here, Nets laying the points. KD with a big night. That's a good place to start. You know what? For fun, let's say that the game's going to go over. There you have it. A same game parlay. We'll see you in the winner's circle. But first, let's squeeze in a quick break. Well, here he is, everybody. Um, you know, we were just lamenting that we're both going deaf. Literally, we have tinnitus and feeling as low as low could be. And then, thank goodness, Eddie Spaghetti chimed in to let us know that he recently took a spill in the shower. <laughs> and that was bruised from it. He was up on one foot, apparently, washing the other foot and wiped out. So that's good news, at least. Eddie, I wish, I, I wish you could recreate the 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 moment you said that because here's dave and i talking about literally going deaf 
you know, that that is in our future. And, and then back pain came into it and back fusion surgery and you were quiet the whole time. And then all of a sudden, Eddie, to fill the void uh, as the silence was upon us goes, I fell in the shower <laughs> and then followed that up with, if that makes you guys feel better. <laughs> I felt you know, bad. I felt bad. You guys yeah. were talking very nice your, of you. Your, your was like, and I, and I, I'm turning 30 next week and I'm dealing with the bad shoulder thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'll let them know. I'll let the guys know I did fall in the shower, which is the, the, the number one sign <laughs> of an old age is, is the fall. And the, and like what happens to your body after a fall. And I was sad. I wanted to cry. I texted my girlfriend like, this is not good. Uh, I'm, my back is so bad. I got whiplash in my neck. Thank God I didn't get a uh, any kind of concussion or something smashing my head against it. Because I was alone. Right. It been, that would have been it. The water was coming down. I would have drowned. <laughs> Spaghetti drowns in the shower. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because what happened to Eddie? Blood. And what do you mean he's not around plugged, anymore? <laughs> oh. His big butt plugged yeah. the drain and he drowned in his own filth. Yeah, now, right. that would be even funnier. But uh, but either way, thank you for the empathy, Eddie Spaghetti, relating to two olds. You hear his voice already. You hear it when you see the highlights of the Los Angeles Chargers. That's because he's the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers, along with our pal Daniel Jeremiah. And also you hear him on iHeartRadio with Petros Papadakis on the greatest radio show in all the land. Kind enough to allow me to sit in with him and guest host on Monday night. And what else? Oh, he's also uh, does the power ranking show on NFL network with our guy, Dan Hansus. We're speaking of course, to and about the great Matt money Smith. What's the poop fella? Well, Dave, a uh, big thank you for coming on yesterday. We did four hours together. Oh, had a good great time. Uh, we, we talked some sports we talked life. Uh, we got after each other a little bit. Doug Gottlieb insulted you indirectly and then came around and complimented you. Uh, we really we really ran the gamut. You know, it was, uh, it was a hell of a four. And I would say this is like a home and home, right? So a little home exactly. and home. It's great. Within, what, 18 hours of, uh, of, of the last show, we're back at it. And I could not be happier. Well, yes, great times. And uh, thank you to everybody out there, by the way, for your for your notes of, again, more empathy directed uh, to Damashek after Footgate. I told the tale last week on this show something. about the attack of the foot in my home where my children come to play with their toys. Somebody took their bare foot out and put it on my couch. It was gross. A grown man did that. But it was nice to hear from your listeners, the PMS uh, listeners, who, they who support you. largely supported my side of things there. So, yeah, that was really nice. And as you mentioned, Los Angeles, the sports town, a buzz. And I feel like I should point it out once again to people because it's a little anomalous um, that – L.A. is first a pro basketball town and a baseball town second, and then mm. pro football comes in. That's mm. rare. I disagree. Wait, you do? I do. How so? I do. Uh, to me, the Dodgers are the number one ah. just be because they they have a much and, – and I get it. The Lakers kind of – I think you, when you said a buzz, the Lakers have the buzz, but the Dodgers are the team of the people. Um, and I think it's just a product of having 55,000 seats – at Dodger Stadium, uh, it's the most attended team anywhere in the world. Every single year, they have more fans watch their games than any other professional franchise. And I think what it is is um, 
when you get to maybe, you know, areas that you're not used to cruising around, uh, L.A. is gigantic. It's it's spread out. Uh, you know, it is the it is the antithesis of New York City that is just all crammed in and everyone's piled on top of one another like rats in a freaking nest. We are spread out. And um, and when you get into a lot of those areas, you see nothing but Dodgers baseball. Uh, it is all Dodger stickers on the back of the of the cars and trucks and it's Dodger jerseys. And um, I just I feel like in the way I describe it is all things being equal. Both teams are good because right now the Dodgers are considerably more popular than the Lakers. You know, they've got homegrown stars, you know, like. Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw, Will Smith, you know, guys that have kind of come up through the system. But even when the Lakers were good, if the Dodgers are good, they're still a bigger deal. It's I know it's it's kind of weird for people because I think nationally the Lakers get so much attention and this has gone way on way too long. So I'll just close it with the Dodgers. I would, in my opinion, having lived here for 30 years are are the one and that the Lakers are the one a I would I would not put them in that two slot but I would just indent that number one and slot him in right there. That's that's fair. And I guess I yeah. would interpret it kind of that way too. people. As I always, that's my number one pushback to anybody who says LA isn't a great sports town. I say, explain Dodger stadium, then Expe- yeah. explain Chavez ravine, always leading the league in, uh, in ticket sales and uh, you know, uh, attendance and so on and so forth. Yeah, of course I think that's right. But the Lakers are, as you say, also Huge. always at the the tip of people's brain, by the way, we didn't really talk about Will Smith, not just catching Clayton Kershaw pitches, but also catching strays from the other Will Smith's uh, misdeeds a couple of weeks ago. You heard about those, right? We don't so, need to delve into that anymore. Do no, it is great. Fresh thoughts on it? I would just quickly add, uh, it was his birthday the following day. So the Dodgers tweet out <laughs> happy birthday, Will Smith. And it was just like the timing could not have been any better for Will Smith to act the fool at the Oscars. And then the very next day, poor Will Smith is taken incoming. The Dodgers are wishing him a happy birthday. And it's just like this confluence of, of oddities that descend upon that poor young man. <laughs> it really was something. Well, okay. So um, the Lakers one way or the other, that a buzz as uh, you know the four hours of radio I did with you proved yeah people in LA are very upset about the Lakers and um one of the talk I I you know my aversion to getting up on Mount Pius it's not my way that's where that's where the fancy pants is look down at the rest of us human beings flawed as we are but we have to go up there for a second there how dare LeBron James and company not play in game 82 because they weren't going to the playoffs I know this vexes you go ahead money you have the floor it uh Look, and, and a lot of it, I think, has to do. I, so for people that don't know, I worked for the Lakers for five years. I worked on their radio broadcast uh, when they won. I, I worked through their 2009 title. So from the depths of they've traded Shaq, they're in the lottery. It's a they're Yeah, they've missed the playoffs. Um, and then the very next year, they got back into the playoffs and played the Suns in the first round, blew that 3-1 lead. So that was where I started. I finished after their title against the Orlando Magic. That's when they left our radio station, went to a different station. I stayed to do the Petros and Money show and got into football full time. Um, So, you know, I've experienced the highs and lows. And while I was there, Michael Thompson is the is the color analyst on the radio broadcast. And he would always lament. And look, I travel with the team charter. Every seat's a first class seat hop on the bus, you stay at the, the best hotel in town, whatever town you're going to, you're at a Ritz, you're at a Four Seasons. Um, and Michael would talk about playing all 82, 
flying commercial. Uh, you didn't get first class. Uh, most of the time, it was just the biggest guys typically got the exit aisle. That was that was your your bit of luxury, and they never thought twice about it. And I watched these guys walk around and look. They're they're, ab- they're abnormal human beings. They're they're giants. So of course their bodies are probably going to do things in later age that others aren't because their bones are too big. They're just you know. But at the same time, he's fine. You know, he's in his sixties. He's walking around. He's he seems to be moving around. He works out in the gym. Now is he putting up you know two twenty five on incline and tearing his labrum like Eddie Spaghetti? No, maybe not. But he's still able. They falling in the shower though. <laughs> on the other hand, no, I don't think so. Uh, so to hear stories like that, and when you look through Michael Jordan's career, if we're just going to do the whole goat debate of LeBron versus Jordan, look at look at Carl Malone, look at John Stockton, John. Those guys played eighty-two games every year. I think Carl Malone missed ten games in his career. He missed ten games, and when you go this year in the NBA, five guys, you can count them on one hand. Five players played eighty-two games. It is inexcusable. It is it is unacceptable. It's inexcusable. It is a I am you know me guys. I am all about money and being paid. Whatever someone is willing to pay you is what you are worth. It's right they in make, your name. It's right in your name there. They You're make really too much money. These guys make too much money. It's all guaranteed. They they don't have they they've subscribed and Greg Popovich ruined the NBA by the way because he's the one that started this the whole uh, the whole load management bullshit. Oh did he? I don't remember. Yeah that. yeah. He's the one that started it. And uh, they won a title that year. And so all the players were like, oh, look at that. Look at what happened with Kawhi and Manu and those guys. Load management. They only played 68 games. That's the way to do it. No, it's not. It's not the way to do it. You know, I, I just I told the story on the air yesterday, Shaq. Shaq, I went up to um, San Luis Obispo and I was with a friend of mine. He's got 10-year-old twins. What do they want for their birthday? They want to go down and see LeBron James play. So they book a room at LA Live. They come down, they watch the Denver game on Saturday. It's like a thousand bucks all in. Yeah, LeBron decides he's not going to play. Yeah, you know what? I played 38 minutes against the Pelicans and uh, I couldn't possibly suit up for this game on Sunday. Uh, 36 hours later, we're playing at noon. I mean, that's just crazy talk. What are you guys nuts? I can't play in this game. I mean, this is it's their birthday weekend. These are the tickets that he bought, you know, six months ago. And this jerk decides, oh, I'm just not going to play. And he And he said it. He acknowledged it in his in his exit interview. LeBron's like, well, I wasn't going to come back for a couple of games to chase the scoring title. That's beneath me. And it's like they just don't get it. And you want to know why NBA ratings are tanking and NBA fandom is tanking. And that's it. It's Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James sitting out game 82 because it's, it's beneath them. Listen, maybe you can charge us with getting up on Mount Pius here for this latest uh, edition of the old Manning cast here. But that's right. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, uh, you hit the nail on the head. But how do you do this? Because the NBA is most prominent. But what's to prevent NFL guys from doing this or the other sports from doing that? I guess you have to build their contracts with with game limits. Right. Like Or like, well, minimum think, standard games played. I think for for football, the it's the only it's the last bastion of you got to you got to prove yourself every week. You know, the, the contracts are not guaranteed. Now, the Browns are trying to completely screw everybody over because they're a group of complete idiots that guaranteed Deshaun Watson's contract. I understand why they did it. He would have never gone to Cleveland if they had not given him that deal. So that's an outlier. But now all these other teams are going to have to try to get their head around that. You know, what if Aaron Donald's like, 
I'm better than Deshaun Watson. I'm worth more than Deshaun Watson. If you want me to come back, you got to give me a guaranteed contract. And that's, and that's just the beginning, right? Because now you can't cut them. Now you can't, you know, if, if they break down, if they decide they don't want to play, if they don't, you hear the, does he love football? You better love it because it's a pain in the ass. You know, that sport is a pain in the ass and it is not forgiving. It is unforgiving and you really got to love it. And you can see it, you know, and I can maybe see it better than the casual fan because I'm around the team and I can see what it looks like. We're on the charter flights home and they're iced, you know, on their knees and their shoulders sitting on the plane beat to absolute hell after 60 minutes of violence. And they love it. And all they want to do is watch film from that game and, and get ready for the next week. And then there's guys that don't love it. And you can see that too, because they who which they, guys tell us tell us who they are. I'm not. I, I won't name names, but I'll just say you look. You know, there's a guy that played about two and a half quarters last year, and all, and and the year before maybe played two and a half games, and it's like, oh yeah, he's done. He's he's done playing football. He's this is no longer for him. He'll cash his check. He had a great career, but he is officially done playing football. And you know what? I have no problem with that. But he got cut. He didn't get paid in his last year of his deal because it was clear it just wasn't for him anymore. Am I supposed to know who that is based on the way you d- described him there? Spaghetti, uh, do you know who it is? I don't think so. I mean, it's not a prominent name. Okay, I didn't know if you were laying someone out there that I was supposed to do no. the math on. By the way, I should mention spaghetti, uh, Spaghetti's. Uh, money's Chargers who I predicted would go to the Super Bowl. And I stand by it, even though they didn't even make the playoffs, because if they had survived that Raiders game in week seven, which, by the way, was the most I, – I would love to have been with you and Daniel Jeremiah in the booth for that game, because as a Steelers fan, the day started with like a one in a thousand chance of the Steelers sneaking into the playoffs. And they beat – they go to Baltimore and win that game. And – uh the thing that was more improbable was that the Jags were going to beat the Colts, which the Colts. they did. So then it set up like, well, ah, come on. They're not going to end in a tie, obviously. The Steelers are in the playoffs and the game within a whisker. I would have loved to have sat there and just been screaming the whole time, watching that overtime and otherwise. But people were very upset that the Steelers got into the playoffs, which uh, delighted me because people yes. were, how dare they get in there? Like, what do you want them to do? They, they, want, they, they, they want enough games to get in. Exactly. But I I stand by that the Chargers would have made hay in January past, but now looking ahead, they're plus 240 to win the West. And I find it interesting in a loaded AFC that you have the Bills now at, with the shortest odds, but then right behind it, you have the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. Is this good news? I know for you and Daniel Jeremiah sitting up in the broadcast booth, it, it's at minimum fun to look forward to these shootouts. But I, I, would I, I've long advocated that iron sharpens iron in pro football. This is good to be in a tough division. I know Brady and the Patriots wrecked the AFC East, but they're, you know, they're as usual, uh, the exception that proves the rule. I think this is good right. for the Chargers ultimately, right? I, well, I just, I think you look across the matchups and there's, they're just incredibly tough matchups, right? You know, you've got to deal with, and, and I think the one thing people are overlooking is, is the Broncos defense is going to take a step back. It just did. It, it Vic Fangio's Vic Fangio's just too good of a defensive coordinator mm, and a defensive that's coach interesting. for that not to happen. Um, so they're going to take a step back. I, so I don't, I don't know how Russell Wilson's going to fit in there. 
Um, you know, we, we've seen how many offensive coordinators go up to Seattle and try to change and say, hey, listen, let's try to get rid of this ball a little bit quicker. And let's, you know, what, what do you think of this offense? All right, let's bring let's bring um, who went up there. Was it Waldron that went up there, I think, last year? And it's like, let's uh, let's try to bring this Rams offense. And then and it just goes back to, to Russell Wilson doing what he does, which is fine. He's a great quarterback and holding on the ball forever and running around back there. And um, that's not going to work in Denver. You know, he's got to he's got to do the Aaron Rodgers and he's got to subscribe to what Aaron did. It took him a minute to settle in with with Matt LaFleur and he's going to it. Maybe it takes Russell Wilson a minute to settle in with Nathaniel Hackett, but he's got too many weapons. You know, that ball's just got to come out and let all those weapons that he has, you know, do some damage for him, especially with, you know, Williams in the backfield. I mean, it's such I mean, a I love Javante Williams. I'm he's not incredible. telling you anything, but I feel he's like incredible. he kind of slipped through the cracks for football fans a yeah. little bit because the Broncos were semi irrelevant by midpoint in the season. But yes, he's he's for real. huh? Yeah. But I, to, to your point, I think two teams are good. I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be like a three AFC West teams make the playoffs. I think it's two max and I think two teams are going to be incredibly disappointed. Like, holy mm. crap, we had a good enough team, we believe, to win the Super Bowl. And we play in this buzzsaw of a division and we split with everyone. And now we're nine and eight and we're going to miss the playoffs. And, you know, th- look, the Chargers made their bet last year. They lost to the Texans, even though their roster was decimated. The Texans roster was decimated when they lost that game. I just I didn't have a pit in my stomach. I was just like, man, you can't lose this game this late in the season and it not affect, you know, what happens, how this all plays out. And you're right. And I think, I think the chargers, I don't think there's any question. The bills and the chiefs all watched that super bowl and just went son of a bitch that like we would, we would run roughshod over this team right now. Like how are we sitting at home and we're watching the Bengals and the Rams trip over their own dicks on offense, trying to score some points like this is infuriating right now uh, is, is the only thing I can imagine they were thinking because you watch those offenses all season long and they're just they're wrecking. I mean, absolutely. You know, the Chargers defense, unfortunately, just could not help out the offense. The Bills offense was a juggernaut. The Chiefs offense is a juggernaut. And, you know, and their defenses were good enough. They were just good enough or at least, you know, like the Chargers, you know, you fall behind and it looks like there's no chance you're going to get out of Oakland. And next thing you know, oh, no, they've, they've got Justin Herbert and all these weapons. And here they come. You know, same thing with Buffalo. Oh, the Chiefs just scored. There's no, oh, my God, they just scored a touchdown. Like, that's like, I think that's what we're that's what's ahead of us in the AFC this coming year. And I it, can only hope it plays out that way. It's funny that I think it's a Derek Carr issue because all the other parts have moved around him and people don't buy Derek Carr for whatever reason, despite some legitimate evidence of him being a top tier QB. Um, I get the the knocks that people would offer up there, but it's crazy. They now have Devonte Adams. The defense is tracking to get some, you know, it's foolish to have this conversation in, in April, obviously. Free agency isn't yeah, all the way not? complete yet, and the draft and everything uh, still has to go down. But if Deshaun Watson plays all 17 games, and, you know, morality aside, obviously, if he is the football player he was the last time we saw him, they're going to be a factor. The Ravens are going to be good if close to healthy. I think this is their big uh, rising like a Phoenix year in what's going to be a crazy year 
in Baltimore in terms of trying to sign Lamar Jackson long-term and how much they really, really want to do it. They could say whatever they want. I think Lamar Jackson is a cuckoo bird to not be forcing the contract to be saying like, let's deal with that out <laughs> to be letting them off the hook. Bashadi yeah. and company like, listen, I want to focus on ball this year. Like, Hey Lamar, you understand uh, the collision factor, right? You understand that you missed the second half of last season because of injury. That can happen again. I think it's loco what he's doing, especially after what just happened to Baker Mayfield. Not that they're the same QB or human being, but it's still loco. Anyhow, Ravens should be uh, uh, should be relevant. The Bengals aren't going to fall off a cliff. I I don't imagine. No, I don't. Think I don't think so. Good. Yeah, they're going to be good. That so, Burrow's too good. You know, and the Jets might be decent. The Dolphins yeah. might be relevant. Yeah. The Patriots are, I mean, I, 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 I'm Colts pessimistic. With Matt Ryan, the Titans, you know, look, the Titans are just a solid team. They're going to win games, you know, and, and they're going to get to play the Jags and the, the Texans four times. You know, I mean, that's, that's like the thing that's, that's tricky is when, and, and I don't right. know, I don't know what their out of um, division schedule looks like, but, you know, the, the AFC West, has to play the NFC West. So, like, not only do you have to run through this juggernaut, but you got to play the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals, you know, a team that won 10 oh. straight games to start the seat. Like, it is it is a, it is a, just a, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but it's just a buzzsaw. Like, mm-hmm. the schedule for the AFC West is a buzzsaw. And you're right. You know, I'm not trying to discount the other divisions. The, the NFC, the AFC North, You've still got that defense, you know. I mean, you still got all those those three defenses, and even the Bengals' defense was really good last year. You know, I mean, they certainly stumbled across some pretty damn good pass rush, good back end, incredible linebacker play with Logan Wilson. Like those defenses are legit. So I'm not taking anything away, you know, from that. And again, you know, the Patriots are the freaking Patriots. They were in the playoffs last year. So it's not like and I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers, you know, they right. they tend to sneak into the playoffs. They don't go they don't have losing seasons. So, you know, are they going to fall off a cliff to five wins? I don't think they are. And Nor do I. they're they're Trubisky away from being, you know, a, a decent team. The defense, I don't I don't you know, I'm not projecting them to, you know make a Super Bowl run or anything. But point is three total wild cards, three total wild cards. Everybody can't make it. It is going to be. It, it, it's marvelous stuff. I just wish I didn't have a rooting interest for one of those teams because uh, it, objectively, this sets up to be an all-time. So, like, think about chase. this. You know the the thing that that people um, that that has led to the the I don't want to say the demise, but the decline of the popularity of baseball is at the start of the season. How many teams do you feel could legitimately win the World Series? And when you start going through that, you come to a, a conclusion pretty damn quick, right? Like, let's just uh, just go through the AFC. And when you start saying, do you think this team could win the Super Bowl? Not, not a division, not make a playoff run, but I'm saying, do you think this team could win a Super Bowl? Chargers, yes. Uh, Broncos, yes. The Chiefs, Chiefs obviously. obviously. Yes. Right. Raiders, I mean, I can see it. I can see that path, you know. Yes, we got all four teams. Yes, with the Browns, if Deshaun Watson plays seventeen with that defense, yes, absolutely. The Ravens, yes. The Steelers, defense, good quarterback, prob- probably not. Bengals, yeah, they just made the Super Bowl last year. Bills, yes. Patriots, eh. nah, but yeah, probably not. Dolphins, eh, probably not. Rookie head coach, you know, still haven't seen enough from two. I mean, we're at seven right now. 
That's and then and then Colts or Titans. Yes, Colts. I yes. I, I mean Titans. Yes. I, think I still like, buy Matt. I still buy Matt Ryan. I know so his best I. days are beyond him, but as now we're at nine. Nine teams that we that's think right. could win the it's Super a, Bowl. It's amazing. It really is amazing and fun, and let's get the football season, but we have some other fun stuff yes. uh, before we get to that. But I will say about Matt Ryan specifically, for all the cynics, and he's had them for the entirety of his career, the thing to watch with him is that because I've made this point about Tom Brady it's like why is Tom Brady still good because he never relied on his athleticism to begin with it's a problem when you pivot off of what you can do that other high-end um, physical specimens can't keep up with but when that goes away you become you become a jag just a guy Matt Ryan never leaned on that stuff so there's not a big drop off from his athletic talents to begin with he never had he, he wasn't a high-end uh, physical freak anyway. So so the idea that he can't be a smart QB with a loaded team otherwise, I, I want, beware those Colts too this year. And people 100%. forget too, the Colts forget for six weeks of the season, we all kind of signed off on like, that might be the best team in the AFC. Then uh, then, yeah. then Carson Wentz happened and that went away, but they, they're, they're really good. Okay, so we got in some football talk. One last question for you. As the voice of the Chargers, your, your vote matters here. First round, what position would you go after? Or are, are you just uh, best? I'm not. A, I'm not really a position guy. I think. I think they have enough, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, would it be nice to draft a, a, a right tackle to pair with Rashawn Slater, considering how good he was last year at left tackle and what a difference that made? Um, yeah, that'd be great. But it, I also think um, there's enough. I think there's still enough out there that that if it's if that player isn't, you know, if it's there's basically four good, you know, four tackles that you'd feel good about that you'd feel, you know, cross Neil, uh, Icky and Penny. So if it's one of those four, then yeah, I could, I could see that making a lot of sense. Um, I think corner is, is a huge deal. They signed JC Jackson. That's big. Asante was great last year. He's just a little bit small. So he got banged up a lot. So I think the idea of moving him inside is appealing to me just to kind of get him away from some of that. You know, he took a shot from Najee that knocked him out. And there was another game. He took a shot um, that knocked him out from just trying to tackle a running back. And look, Raiders win that game because who's the corner, you know, who's the secondary member that's tasked with trying to tackle Josh Jacobs when he hits the line, it's Asante. And he got taken for, you know, like he was a backpack for nine and a half yards. And now they're kicking a field goal instead of kneeling it out and going for the tie. So I think that's, like to me, if Derek Stingley's there, if there's too much concern medically, and if the Chargers doctor signed off on him, to me that's a no-brainer, a complete no-brainer to get that extra corner. I think Tom Telesco has shown over his time he is 100% a best player available guy. So if for whatever reason Kyle Hamilton starts tumbling down the board and you think about pairing him up with Derwin James as safeties and you've got these two Swiss army knives. Oh yeah. Derwin's going to play high and Hamilton's, you know, in the box or Derwin's in the box and Hamilton, like that's beyond intriguing to me. Um, and then. Telesco, you know, by the way, Telesco has become the guy who is in your fantasy football league, who it's like, just gifts fall into his lap. It's like right. when they say about great hockey players, the puck just follows that guy around somehow. It really is true with Telesco. He's got to be vexing for the other GMs out there. Like, how did he wind up with Derwin James? How did he wind up with the best QB in the class? I'll, I'll, I'll respect Joe Burrow. But uh, this keeps Rashawn happening. Slater last year, like right, the best yeah. the best offensive that the guy was an all pro in his rookie season. When does that ever happen as a left tackle, you know, one of the most premier positions that are impossible 
impossible to find. They never hit free agency. You better find one in the draft, and he gets it at 13. Um, Just real quick, the one last thing, and this is not inside knowledge. This is just a hunch. If Jamison Williams is there at 17, even with the ACL, I could totally see that. I could just see him saying, we had to, we had to, and I'm not saying Jamison's Tyreek. He's not quite that thick down low, but if you watch Jamison Williams at Alabama, you see it. You see he catches the ball, and then it's like watching a cartoon. He's gone, and the other guys look like they got stuck in, in a tar pit or something like that. Like it is, it is incredible the explosion that guy has in his body. And I could totally see him going, all right, how many receivers in the league are productive after 30? Zero. You know, that's what's so interesting about the Devonte Adams deal, right? Is he's 29, you know, and, and now he's got this $28 million a year contract. Like there are zero productive receivers that are on the other side of 30, you know, mm. it's so Keenan's 29, you know, to your Matt Ryan point, Keenan's not quite that explosive. He's just got that quick twitch. You know, he he's the best route runner in the league. Um, so I think that's something they very well could think about. We've got this, you know, we've got this quarterback. We got to make sure we don't say, oh, he'll just figure everything out. Keep giving him the weapons and stay elite. So I could I could see that as well. Um, great stuff, man. Makes me excited uh, for football season, which never ends now. It really just right? never goes away. It's, it's always it, it's always at the the top of brain. But okay, back to what you mentioned about because the Lakers, you, you made some great points, and I think you're exactly right about these Lakers. There are many places at, at, to point the finger. The front office, um, you know, it's it's weird if if you're assessing blame. Frank Vogel feels like he deserves the least amount of the blame of all the prime characters involved. But of course, you also had to fire him. You can't go that far right. under 500 with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on your roster and miss the playoffs and keep your gig. I get it. It also means that the bubble title is counts for about half in hindsight because clearly it didn't mean anything to the Lakers front office or else you keep Frank Vogel and I think it actually got them into trouble because if you take that away they might have realized where they stand in the NBA pecking order the Lakers and front office and Jeannie Buss would have accepted that man this has not been a little swoon of a couple of years we've stunk for like 11 or 12 years now we counted through them I think it was seven head coaches. This is not the stuff of a stable storied franchise. This is a weirdo grasping at straws, throwing uh, throwing darts, trying to trying to hit the bullseye kind of behavior stuff that you don't see out of, you know, uh, you know, the Yankees or Dodgers or Lakers or Celtics or Steelers or, you know, I guess the Cowboys are kind of that with the with, with the kind of blue blood. Uh, organizations I'm describing here, yeah. but they're a mess. Uh, the Lakers are, I think the original sin for this mini era though, is Anthony Davis. They misread or they got overly optimistic about Anthony Davis somehow magically staying healthy when there was no evidence that he was going to do that. And that's what's been their undoing here. True or false? Well, I think it's, to me, it's a, it's, it's a true confluence. Like Anthony Davis, yes. You know, Charles Barkley calling him street clothes. You know, when you when you cannot attach kind of a, a clever nickname like that, I think it gets people to go dig in and be like, oh, yeah, this, you know, and it's not just that that he hasn't been healthy, but, you know, look, there's there's guys like Donovan Mitchell 
And obviously LeBron did it in Cleveland. I mean, he carried a, a not a bum roster, but an average roster to the NBA finals. Like how has Anthony Davis been to the fi- to the to the playoffs, to the playoffs four times in 10 years to the postseason? And he's supposed to be like this one of one, a true unicorn, a legitimate seven footer that has point guard skills. This is in the NBA, made- by the way, everybody. Yeah. This isn't the NFL where exactly. like, a quarterback can drag a team to the playoffs and generally does. This is the NBA. He's one of five out on the floor. He can't drag bum teams exactly. to it's, the playoffs. Right. So there's that. Um, but I think it's, to me, it's, it's, it's not just Anthony Davis. That's a, that's a major issue that he is not someone that look by our standards. Yeah. He's 5,000 times tougher than I am 5 million times tougher, but by NBA standards, it's not tough enough. You know, he's not someone that, that pushes through pain that is comfortable playing hurt. I know you can't play injured, but you can play hurt. And like the sense you get is that Anthony Davis does not like playing hurt. And that's just, that's not, that's not a superstar, you know, superstars play hurt and they do a lot of playing hurt. So that's one issue. Second issue is just a lack of direction from ownership. And Jeannie has entrusted her friends and her, her, you know, acquaintances and relationships Every single person in that front office has a personal relationship with Jeannie. It's Rob Palenka, Kobe's agent. It's it's Kurt and Linda Rambis, her best friends. It's Tim Harris, who's been the business manager and a close confidant of hers for the last 30 years. So, like, when the, when people need to be held accountable, they're not being held accountable. Like, Mitch Kupchak got fired, not because he wasn't doing a good job, but because he sided with Jim Buss, you know? And so when Jim got forced out, Mitch had to go with him. That's the only reason. Mitch is a better GM than Rob Palenka. That's just, that's 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 brass tacks. I mean, there's just no arguing that. You know, you look at what Mitch was able to put together. Now, Palenka's had a couple nice moments, but they just they need to do better. They need to do better in the front office. They need better people. Like, how does Rob Palenka still have a job after trading away the future of this franchise for the person you just talked about, Anthony Davis, who's untradeable now because of all the future equity that was tied to him that you'll never get back from these last two seasons? So that's an issue. That's what, by the way, Gottlieb, because you touched on it. So Doug Gottlieb calls in um, and he says, I heard what you guys were talking about and I heard what Dave said, but money's right. And I thought, oh, no, Doug Gottlieb's coming at Dave. Vane Dave doesn't like when people come at him. But we turned the corner and realized we were on the same page. He's like, no, no, yeah, he's like, no, I was agreeing with you. He's like, I'm agreeing with you that that Anthony Davis is not good and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. I said about that. I said, here's the bad news, Lakers fans out there. It's not the embarrassment of the past season. It is that it's unfixable in the next year or two. There's nothing really you can do. You can't trade Anthony Davis away. So what's the thing? So I thought Gottlieb was calling in saying, like, what's Damashek talking about trading? You can't trade him. <laughs> but we agree. That was that. the bottom yeah. line. Is and look, like, this is what's so incredible about this, right? The Lakers are going to start 22-23 with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like that's that there's of the 30 franchises in the NBA, 25 of them would sign up for that. Yeah, we'll we'll trade what yeah, we have no, right, to start right. the season with Anthony Davis. So it's got to be something beyond that. Right. There has to be like LeBron James has got to be kept in check. Get out there and play and play the way we tell you to. Don't worry about who we sign. Don't worry about who we trade for. You're a player. Players play. Shut up and play. All right. Coach is coach. What I tell you to do is what you do. 
I'm your coach. You know, Russell Westbrook, the, the hot mess that he is, does his exit interview yesterday and says, I don't know what Frank Vogel's problem is with me. I've proven myself everywhere I've been. Well, you have? Then, he tells, then he tells a story about yeah. how he sent, uh, sent him champagne to his hotel room. Not that I was looking for anything. It's funny, though, because you brought the story up yeah. a year later, Russ. It's so like, it seems like you did want something out of sending Westbrook is, is now on his fourth team in four years. Every single one of them hated his guts. The PR staff, the teammates, the coaches, they've all been fired. Every coach got fired at every stop he was at. And it's like, look at my resume. I don't know what this guy's problem is with me. You're an asshole. That's what his problem is. One, two, you shoot 29% from the three-point line and you take four threes a game. Three, you insist upon pounding the hell out of the ball for 20 of the 24 seconds on final possessions. And then you hit the side of the backboard or the back of the rim because you can't shoot. And four, your vision's gone. You're throwing balls six rows up into the freaking seats because you don't see anymore. You've like you've lost your mind. Um, and I thought Gottlieb made a really good point, and and I never thought about it, but it's going to be real interesting. He said he that that this is Russell's last contract. He didn't mm-hmm. say this is his last big contract. He basically said Russell Westbrook is done. No team is going to sign this guy because he is such a complete and total nightmare. They want nothing to do with him moving forward, that he will not play NBA basketball again. Like, that's incredible. And you've got to pay that guy $47 bucks next year, and nobody <laughs> has taken that contract. Just as they get out from under the Luol Deng contract. Right? Uh, uh, <laughs> it is pretty good. Um, but uh, And that was LeBron's fault. You know? Yeah, to, right. You know, and right. I took a shot at Palinka, but... You know, by by all accounts, there's multiple sources that said, look, they had a deal. They had a deal for Buddy Heald uh, to come down to, to L.A. and Kyle Kuzma was going to go up there. And that's a, a great fit. You get to keep Caruso. You get to keep Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, so you can have some perimeter defense, some athleticism on the on, on the outside, which they had none of because Russell Westbrook is defense adverse. LeBron James isn't going to play defense anymore. Yo, look at my stats. I was like MVP levels. Congratulations. Way to go with your 30 points a game and your negative 240 for the season because you don't play defense. So like, and that's, and that's fine. Take that from LeBron, but give the guy pieces around him to account for that. You know, I get it, but here's, here's, here's my pushback. First of all, I feel not pushback. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I just am sad about it spiritually in, 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 in these ways. Russell Westbrook, he always wanted to play in L.A. He wanted to make the, the the return, and he wasn't supposed to be relevant this deep into his career because of his style and 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 his build. He had that, you know, he he has that uh, frame that's like uh, he's wiry, he's explosive, he's yeah, yeah. So back in the rim, that can't hey, that can't work past age twenty six or twenty seven. Move on, Thunder. That was the talk a long time ago now, and he finally gets his wish, and it was too late for him. And I like where the Lakers heads at. Yes, Bill, you know, LA guys. And I like it being a family operation and everything, but you know, the, the results are in, it ain't working and it's a shame. I I, I really do kind of, because their DNA, the Lakers DNA is star power showtime. If you're watching winning time at all, it reminds you of yeah. all that part. I mean, you know, magic, you know? Yeah. I mean, but Kareem and Shaq and, and, and Wilt and Dwight Howard and all that, it's, it's bringing in, the people to play in in uh, sunny SoCal and play in Showtime and wear the purple and gold and all that, and that it hasn't worked now. 
it is weird because what is the difference between what Jerry Bus and Jeannie Bus um the the way they're operating? It feels like she's trying to do what Jerry would have been doing were he around right now. Is that I mean that's kind of how yeah. I read it. I so think I she's think she's interpreting what what her old man might have been doing. I think um like the J- Jerry Bus had the benefit of Jerry West. You know, and 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 Jerry was working with Mitch even when he stepped down. You know, M- Mitch was still his protege, uh, his mentee, and and I think he still, you know, kind of kept his hand uh, in there. That you know that relationship was fractured when Phil Jackson came along, um, and and it was never repaired, and it still isn't repaired, and it's a damn shame that it that it is what it is right now. Um, did you know he was supposed to be such an asshole? He's, he's, he's not. Straight? He's not. They they screwed that up. Every single person I've talked to in in the Lakers organization is like, I don't I don't get why they chose him to portray him that way. But that is the antithesis. He was a very quiet guy. Um, he was super. He, and I've and I've been around Jerry enough to kind of know that. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I get from him. He's incredibly intense, but not screaming, yelling you know, mother F and everybody intense. He's just, you can see it on his face, how, how success means so much to him that it's uncomfortable. Um, but it's not the way they describe it. Um, you know, the Pat Riley character is hilarious that it's Adrian Brody and this just rat faced, like sad sack, but you know, that's, you know, according to a lot of people that, yeah, like, that was kind of Pat. He was so distraught over washing out of the NBA so quickly as a player that he just kind of fell out and he turned into this beach burnout and he was just kind of hanging out in the South Bay, um, you know, drinking and smoking and like Chick Hearn was like, all right, come on, let's figure something out. You know, you can't be out here. We got to get, we got to get a place for you. And, and like Chick was the guy that brought him back in and said, Hey, we'll, we'll figure something out on the media side, you know? And like, that's how Pat got back in. Um, but to, to your point about Jeannie running it like Jerry. Um, I appreciate you not doing the hand thing that Chick does to Pat Riley. And don't series. get fisted. Yeah. Don't get fisted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that move. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, Jerry Buss had the benefit of, for the most part, you know, he had one window where he didn't have a superstar from the time he bought the team. You know, when he bought the team, he had Kareem and Magic Johnson. When Magic, you know, is forced to retire, now he's got this window where Vlade, because James Worthy's knees, you know, unfortunately go out on him. So now he doesn't have Worthy anymore. So you've got a team where your best player is Vladi Divac and Nick Van Exel. And he had that for three years. And and they were pretty good. You know, they I remember Eddie I was Jones there. Eddie had, Jones came yes, in. I was that right Cavallos. when I get to LA. Eldon Campbell. Yeah. They were Eldon the Campbell was team. the four. Um, you know, they had Sadale three as a backup point. Like they it was a good team. Um, Anthony Peeler, George Lynch, like, you know, mm-hmm. but then they get Kobe you know, in 96. And so like, that's, I think that's the difference is they always had this, this young groomed in the Lakers organization, superstar the entire mm-hmm. time that Jerry was here, that Jerry bus was alive. Um, and also I think in Jeannie's defense, the NBA has changed so much, you know, like you had, like Shaq had to come to LA to be a superstar, you know, now 
you can be Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City for eight years and you're the most popular player in the NBA. LeBron James in Cleveland for eight years and you're the most popular player in the NBA. That was not the case. You know, like that Michael Jordan became as big of a superstar as he did in Chicago, which was a Bears town first, a Cubs town second, uh, Blackhawks town third, a White Sox town fourth, and a Bulls town fifth. And that's legit. That was the, that was the order of operations in Chicago when Michael arrived on the Bulls. They were a not they they were a nothing burger of an organization, and his talent was just so transcendent that he lifted that team all the way up to third place. You know, in those rankings behind the Bears and the Cubs. Did you hear that spaghetti? They, he was talking about the Chicago Bulls, and he was like, uh, "It's like they were a third place team. You, you you slipped in there. They were they were not. I? Yeah, you, you you worked in a white side. Wait, I see. I I can't." For some reason, do the Chicago accent. I yeah. lived there for I my can't 20s. do the Pittsburgh one either. But yeah, I guess if I, you I guess just it might have slipped it in out. there a little Did bit. It? Yeah, it was the White Sox. Yeah. Was it the, the White, White Sox? Sox. Yeah. The White yeah. Sox, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the, you know, it's a Bears town first and then right. a Cubs. The Bears. And, you, know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't pronounce like it's and, and then the Cubs. Instead, it's and then, and then a Cubs. And then it's a Blackhawks town, and then it's a, a White Sox town, and 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 then it's the Bulls. Like that's what everything. It's a D, and then uh, duh, ma. It's not mom. God, I'm embarrassed. Um, well, here's the thing with the Lakers. The, yes. the what they what I said to you and Gottlieb is the real problem is fans can be delusional all you want. That's a why we watch sports is because we delude ourselves into thinking that the most recently drafted guys care about the the future of the team as much as we fans do. Um, but it's another matter when the front office gets delusional like that. And, right. and, you know, Gottlieb played in the Big Eight, you know, and saw Texas up close. Those Longhorns boosters think that Texas is the place to be for college football and no one else in the in the world shares that opinion right kind of happened to usc a little bit too uh more locally oh yeah uh, absolutely if, did if the lakers think they can just keep doing business as usual right that that's the concern if you are a purple and gold lover that should be your concern because going forward that's yeah. what you're exactly right but things did kind of fall into their lap with the way magic broke and the way Kobe worked out and everything. So yeah, they're going to have LeBron, you know, LeBron just wanting to live in Los Angeles, who's still playing incredible basketball. Like I'm not taking away that he's one of the five best players in the league. He is, I mean, he still is no question. And he's a hell of a lot tougher than Anthony Davis, you know, and he was out there busted up playing. My issue with LeBron was once the playoffs and a championship wasn't on the table, he just decided he wasn't going to play. And that's just not cool. You've, You've got too many people that invest too much money that don't have a lot of it to go see him play and to just not acknowledge that even for those home games. It's just not cool. It's it's, it's not cool for kids who want to go see him. And exactly. it's not cool for gamblers who who want to know what to bet right, on. Listen, and well, I don't know if AD is going to be in the lineup is not, is, uh, is not uh, optimal. hundred percent. I mean, basketball is tough to bet in the NBA. It is tough as hell. Um, you know, I'd feel a hell of a lot comfortable, especially right now. If I, you know, with, with the fan duel there, I feel so much better that baseball started, you know, to scratch that itch. You know, I know what pitchers are going out there. Hockey is out there with the playoffs starting. Yeah. I think Eddie might even unmute and say something. He's so excited about his freaking. Oh, we'll get the spaghetti in one second. I hate, I, cause we, I, I, I really do. I like to say like 
15, 20 minutes. And then once again, why, why do I talk about delusional? Why do I think oh, I'm only going to talk to 15, hey, 20 minutes? At least I know. But very quickly, very quickly before we move on to another matter that involves Eddie Spaghetti and his sports fandom and his life fandom. Um, the uh, I, I know you disagree, and I know I'm on the wrong side of this, and I'm being Pollyanna. But between Adam Schefter over the weekend um, putting himself – in a bad spot, just the unforced error of it. And the like, Oh, give the guy a break. He has to tweet a lot of information. Like this is just out of nowhere. He's not a pundit about anything. Just report the transaction and no harm done. I, that rubbed me the wrong way uh, that he stepped in it the way he did. Like he's the gold standard. You gotta be better at that. You know, you wouldn't um, poop the bed on that level as a play-by-play announcer, unless maybe I just jinxed you, and then that would be kind of funny if you did. Dare you? And then you called me out and said, "Like that's this is your fault." But um, a pox uh, on your house. No, you're right. You know, I, I'm not. I, I don't want that to happen. Although I do hope that the Dodgers. Are you having some work done around the house? That I, I was just going to ask if that's being picked up. Yeah, I am. I am. It, like oh, you, have no, you. you have no, no idea how loud it is, how loud it is. And I'm like, I hope that's not being picked up too much. Money's getting the fan, the, the uh, man cave added to the house, right? Uh, no, I, I am. Uh, the, the town that I live in is such an incredible pain in the ass that it took me two years to get permits to put up a wall. I mean, literally a, 15 foot wall where we had this patio cut out underneath our second story. So I could add my, my youngest daughter has been sleeping on the floor, uh, literally on the floor of uh of like a, a family room for two years because we bought a house with three bedrooms instead of four, but it had this space that was perfect to put in a fourth bedroom. It just took me two years to get the permits for it. So it'll make her tough though. It'll make her, make her 100%. appreciate things a little oh, bit. She's more a champ. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm good. She's like, besides I love sleeping in that room because I can play Xbox all night and nobody bothers uh, me because it's got the, uh, you know, so, so it worked uh, out. For me. That's, that's a shame. I wish I, I wish I could have counseled her in advance. She should have made you guys feel guilty for two years. Like there can't be any benefit to that. Right. Like I need a make good. I need 10 make goods for what I've suffered through for this family. That's a, she's uh yeah, she'll have the best bedroom okay. for the, of the kids in the house. It's going to be soundproofed so she can get after it with her, uh, her music as hard as she wants. Uh, follow so, money on Instagram. He's, he's, uh, he's the best with uh, promoting his kids and uh, showing their good deeds and uh, uh, what great kids they are. It's nice. Um, but uh, I also thought Wojnarowski, I, I, like I say, I know I'm Pollyanna. He didn't have to share. What, to what end? What did he have yeah, to share? And and it's his job to that. do that. Like, uh, and just, it is his I, job, though. That's his I job, just, I, breaking I, I, information. I get it. That, that's what I'm calling out. It's not Wojnarowski or Adam Schefter specifically bad choice in this moment. Is the world better? It's just sports. Do we need to know this stuff? Uh, like uh, we've convinced ourselves that this is the standard, and so therefore we we need to know. Do we need to know it to, instantaneously? What, well, what what harm so comes from? Did, let's play from this game. All this. Let's play this game. Why was he told? You know why was he told by someone from the Lakers? Hey, he's done. He's out. We're gonna fire him tomorrow. Like that person knows the second they call Woj. And tell him that he's going to publish it. So to me, it's just, it's not on Woj. You're exposing the Lakers. Like what a, what a bad group of people that, that they were so, they, they were, they were so engulfed in their own, um, 
of not being held responsible for this mess, that they wanted to get that out immediately. Like, hey, the second that game ends, you can run with he's being fired. We want to send that message to our fans. We won't stand for this. Frank Vogel will be fired. Heads will roll. Okay, this is not okay in the Lakers organization. And they just misread it. It's like, you dopes. This guy just won a championship two years ago. All right? You're not going to – no one's going to be like, hey, Lakers are – you know, look, they're not messing around. This guy got fired the second. Remember how stupid Mark Davis looked when he fired Jack Del Rio before week 17? And he's out there coaching. And I know because I called the game. And I remember standing on the field when someone went up to Jack and said, hey, Jack, you know it leaked that you're getting fired after that. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, it's it's out on Twitter that that you're going to be fired after – after this season, like it's it's like Mark Davis, you idiot. What are you doing? Like you don't need to leak that. That that's and that's you know and that's just the world I that guess. these owners live in. Like they they think that they're doing their fans a great service. Of we don't stand for this type of performance in the Los Angeles Lakers organization. We're firing Frank Vogel. Well. <laughs> now I feel really good about the future. I mean, like that's what they assume is going to be the response instead of now that guy who just won you a damn championship and has had to contend with freaking Russell Westbrook for 82 games this year and Anthony Davis and all his little owies that are preventing him from playing. And you're going to throw that guy out as, as the lamb to the slaughter. Like that's the guy you're going to, you're going to give to the fans. It's just, it's so, it's so misguided. It, it truly is. It's just such a hot mess in that front office. I, I hear you. I just the, the breaking news thing and then the amount of money that you hear. And then that seems obnoxious. And we hang we, we hang on that. They're, they're they're basically transcribers because their predictive abilities. Wojnarowski was right. He said he's going to get fired and he got fired. You never hear, though, about all these big name free agents in the last, you know, uh, couple of weeks, uh, you know, six weeks or so. None of these things were predicted by the breaking news people. They merely transcribed what just happened. Oh, Deshaun Watson went to the Browns, as it turns out. We heard no buzz that that was going to happen. Right. Nobody knew Tom Brady was about to unretire and come back to Tampa Bay until it happened. Nobody predicted that. So then what function is it? It, 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 it bugs me as a vain person. Now, what I'm saying is I want cut in on this action. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same thing as Lenardi. He's turned an entire He's turned four minutes of annual work into a full career. He writes books about being a bracketologist. We all know 62 of the teams that are making the tournament. And then he gets patted on the back like, hey, he was 98% accurate with who was uh, on the bubble and who made it. Yeah, we all know. There are like five teams on the bubble. Three or four get in. Then he gets pats on the back. Where's Listen, my parade already? Where, where's my parade? Why Why are you dealing in uh, job elimination? I mean, I'm all about job creation. Okay. All, you know, I'm all Lunardi's doing is, is pulling more money out of the evil four letter you know, and yeah. taking it out of their pocket. And they did. Now, listen, I am a Disney shareholder, so maybe I don't like this okay. Lunardi guy now that I think about it. Put it back in our pocket. But, I, you know, I, I'm fine with Wojnarowski and, and those guys making all that money. All um, right, fine. You know, Make, good for them. Put it back into the, put it back into the economy. Let me see if you're fine with this before we let you go. A couple of weeks ago, Eddie Spaghetti took to social media to celebrate that Pearl Jam was coming into the Southern California area. I don't know if you know this money, but Spaghetti has seen Pearl Jam some 25 times in his young life. He's not even 30 yet. He's already taken spills in the shower. Um, before how many 30. times, Eddie? How, how many times, Eddie? 
Uh, if I successfully make it to the next three shows, I think I'm I'm slower on twenty five, six, seven in that range. I have to count again. I forget, but in that mid mid twenties. Okay. No bathroom tragedies getting in your way between now and no. then. You know, fingers no. crossed. Uh, uh, Eddie willing. Uh, Eddie Vetter willing. I mean, um, right, right. The uh, the so. He was celebrating that he landed. I saw his that. I saw he posted his like calendar. He's like, look at this lineup. <laughs> I remember that tweet. Check so, out this lineup of shows I'm going to be going to. So I'm excited. excited. Well, also, he's also excited because he's already guaranteed it's the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Rangers track towards each other for a first round matchup, although it may now, not that end up would happening. Be great. No, I don't think it would be, but he's already guaranteed victory. He's already guaranteed it, money. Is that a smart move? Well, what was the what was the Giants thing that he did uh, that he had like? Wait, wait, oh yeah, what, well, yeah. What was, what was your guarantee? You did make a guarantee about that. I don't know if I. And it was like you were never get, you weren't going to be able to watch a game the following season if this right. Occurred. What was that bet? Like oh, we, Eddie Sal, is all about Sal had me to it. Yeah, this Sal had me uh, had me. Um, it was I wasn't allowed to watch the Giants. If um, it was like something to do with Tom Brady being linked to the Niners, I think it was something with that. And we're, we're so like, what it was? Yeah, we found out that it what he wasn't um, contacted by them, which I think by all accounts, uh, I I thought I was proven right, and that which is why Sal allowed me to watch the, the miserable Giants. Right. <laughs> what was that worth it? We're gonna yeah. clockwork orange him and pry his eyes open and make him watch uh, watch his Giants. Now, um, so I said the spaghetti to just test where he is on these things, how much he cares about, uh, about his fandom, about his Rangers, his Yankees, his Giants, and Notre Dame fighting Irish. So I said in this order, let's recreate it for our friend Matt Money Smith. Please. Eddie Spaghetti, a Stanley Cup in exchange for you not seeing Pearl Jam play live for the next two years. Will you make oh, that two trip? years? Wow, that's good. I thought you were going to say you can never go see him again. Two years. Like, no you get a Stanley Cup. You get the, you, you get to see your that's friend. Easy. You get oh my to gosh, see your that's friends easy. Hold the cup up high like that. Shout yeah. out, sh- shout out, uh, King Henrik. They'll be like, yeah, this is for you, man. We wouldn't have gotten here without your tutelage and your inspiration. He'd get a shout out probably. The answer is no, because the band's getting older. We just, first of all, we just dealt in a world where you couldn't go see live music for quite some time. And I'm, I'm chomping to get back uh, at, at any live event. And, you know, I also just have faith in my sports teams that they'll eventually, um, they'll, they'll figure it out without my needing to give up something in the future. So I, I, I can't. So how many seven. times will you see Pearl Jam in two years? Um, I mean, it, it, like on it, average, you, how, how many times you'll see them? What four times? I don't. Max? They don't. They don't tour a ton, which is why you can't. I can't give up those dates. You know, the, the guys are approaching. You know, sixty years old. So I have to. You know, I don't think they're that old. He's easy. They're thirty year old. I think they're like in their early fifties, right? They're not uh, sixty yet. No, dude. Jeff is like the base is like fifty. He's like fifty eight <laughs> or something. I think. Jesus. I mean, yeah. So it's well, like they're that old. Yeah, but he's active. He's a skateboarder up in Montana, so it's fine. But you I, can I appreciate this money because you were yeah. a deadhead. You followed the dead around. You 100%. called that you you oh, first that, uh, you first like named these guys, and I admire what Pearl Jam has cultivated. This touring. Listen, oh, is that I, the T-shirt you're wearing? No, cool. I'm. Uh, yeah, this is from their uh, their forum date in uh, in '89. But like, I, I think I'm with Eddie on this. As much as I, I don't like Pearl wow. Jam, but that's like I'm not a Pearl Jam fan, so like that's where the disconnect is. But like, 
It yeah, just you told me music. Yeah. it was my favorite band and the, the show I like to go see the most. I will get more out of those four live shows, like as a, as an emotional reward than I would out of my, my favorite team winning a championship that I'm not going to be in the arena to see that I'll just watch on TV. Wait like a I, minute. Wait a minute. We discussed though, that we put spaghetti in MSG to watch this go down. Oh, see but team. even if I was, I would. I don't know. It's music, like Money was saying, like the the music, the emotional connection, and that that those memories are better uh, for me personally than like a sports team win. And I don't know. It, it's weird. Like the band isn't mine, but it feels more like mine. Whether the team is just like a logo, it's it's a collection of laundry. It's like it's always going to be there. So I don't. I don't. Easy there, Seinfeld. Need easy, it as much. Easy um, Seinfeld on it's just laundry. It's 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 laundry that I like more than that. Yeah, that I, I, I see that. That's where I would now. Now I have to pause because you know I've been. I was at Staples Center for the uh, for the Kings Stanley Cup championship. And man, it was electric. It was because it's a shared experience. That's why, because that's what, because because it it connects you with your people. That what the that's what the title does. I get what you're saying about the experience, your connection with the band. I've had that too, but you're talking in absolutes. Just go see my morning jacket and otherwise for a couple of years. That that'll satiate you enough. It's not like Pearl Jam's the only band you like. You get a chance to see. I also offered him. Back-to-back Grand Slams titles for four teams of his choosing in two straight years. He gets Notre Dame a national title. The Rangers win the Cup back-to-back. The Giants win the Super Bowl back-to-back. And the Yankees win the World Series back-to-back. Yeah, that's... He's still a no. Now... That's crazy. Same same back-to-back Grand Slam scenario. he's just putting us on there. He's just putting us on now. Well, listen to this. God, Pearl Jam is not that good, Eddie. They're just not. (laughs) I mean, they're just not that good of a band to be putting that stuff off the table. That's crazy. I mean, that is crazy. Like it would have to come push you over in the shower. He's gonna. It would. It would have to be like a hey, this this band has decided to get back together. You know, it's going to be a reunion. Look, the Smiths are getting back together and freaking Johnny Marr and Morrissey are going to do dates and Morrissey's not going to cancel. You know, when you got your tickets and you're excited and you're on your way to the Hollywood Bowl and then you hear, oh, yeah, Morrissey canceled again. Like, that's not going to happen. You're going to get to see the Smiths play for three hours at the freaking Greek or the Hollywood Bowl or what the hell? You get the same play at the Troubadour. You got some sort of exclusive. Like, okay. Then I get it. Then it's like, yeah, sorry. There's there's no sporting event that you could put on the table because I never thought this would happen again. And it's going to happen. And that's freaking awesome. And so I'm going to those shows ahead of anything. But it's it's Pearl Jam. How, how many times can you see him sing Better Man? You know, like, come on. That's Come fine. On, I mean, you, don't, you don't know. And I've seen Johnny Marr at Ohana. I mean, I could do without that. And also, you don't clearly know much about the band. So it's fine. Like, I don't, it doesn't, if people have different opinions. You don't know much about the band. Like, they're clearly a good band. They changed the set list. You don't know a, a, really a speck of about them. No, I don't, it doesn't seem that a, way. So, a, a speck. So I'm, I'm fine I, with I don't know. No, I don't know a speck about Pearl Jam. It's, I don't know a spec. It comes across as you know. I mean, so it's fine. Eddie, Eddie and that's, when you and that's, were... And that's for any when, band. When you were in I diapers, take, Eddie, when you were in diapers, I was at Pearl Jam shows. Literally. Music literally, when you were in diapers. Let's just make sure we get this straight. You were where, you were shitting your pants in diapers. 
when I was watching Pearl Jam play, they were live called Mookie shows. Blaylock when money was seeing them. Like I, I, I've seen Pearl Jam in clubs. I've seen them at the Wiltern. I've seen them in venues you could never fathom. Like you can't even imagine being around nine hundred people and watching that band play live. And I've been there, and I've seen them at Coachella, and I've seen them in Europe. Like I've seen them in places you can't imagine. So don't, I, you get so defensive about Pearl Jam, and it's just incredible to me. Dave and I were just talking about this yesterday. It, it absolutely fascinates me that this is the hill you choose to die on in every podcast. Like everything else, you're irreverent. You, you guys bring and it And then up, all of me. a sudden, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, Pearl Jam comes up, and you get so serious, and you get so defensive. And it is, it is hilarious to me that, because like think about what you just did, like what you just said. All I said was, Eddie, Pearl Jam's not that good. Are they a good band? Yeah, but they are not worth you taking four of your favorite teams that you watch win back-to-back championships and you get to be present for them so you can see shows 29, 30, 31, and 32. They're not that good. And to come at me, like this just shows how ignorant your music knowledge is. To come at me with, I've seen Johnny Marr at Ohana Fest, that's not the Smiths. Morrissey is not the Smiths. Johnny Marr and Morrissey are the Smiths, and they changed music forever. The What they created will never be recreated. So to start that argument with, I've seen Johnny Marr at Ohana Fest, wasn't that great, whatever. You don't know anything about Pearl Jam, you don't know spec. Like, that's just crazy. That it, you have this weird, the, the, you, you have this very strange relationship with this one thing. And it's fascinating to me because I've seen it now for years. The second Pearl Jam comes up, this switch, this this switch flips. And I like becomes it. this angry guy, like, oh, I, you, you can't possibly I was, understand. I wasn't, I wasn't until you started saying, like, they're they're not worth it, which is clearly wrong. There's a reason why they're still headlining festivals. There's a reason why they have a humongous fan club with hundreds of thousands of people in it. So it's like, you're wrong about that. Like, they don't play Better Man every show. I can tell you what song they're playing by what guitars they have on stage. So it's like, I care about it. I also care about Bruce and other bands and whatever. So it's like, I'm always going to pick music more than sports. I don't know why that's so hard to, like, I like Bruce Hornsby too. When he said, "Me too." Oh, when he does mandolin rain, let me tell you, that brings the place down. The thing that was great was um, look when I said "better man." Yeah, I said it to be an a hole to take a shot at you to grind your gears, and you took the bait. I think money that part of your aversion to Pearl Jam because they they now have on Sirius a Pearl Jam station. I don't dislike I, them. Like I don't dislike I'll them. Come I, just, across I their don't music think they're in like, that elite category. That's all. I don't dislike Pearl Jam. You know what I think you're doing, money. I think you have it. See, you're not one of these. You're not vain like I am. But I, it's that thing of discovering the band before the rest of the world did affect. It's, a, it's true in movies and, yeah, and novels and whatever else. If you're like, you're in on it and nobody else is. Um, I think that you were in on Pearl Jam earlier and then they boom big and you're like, yeah, old news to me. Right. Is that is well, it part of that? Is it, it, it is that a fair hypothesis? Not that no, so spaghetti so that, is a, not a Johnny Mars, mm-hmm. but a Johnny come lately in your book. Not at all. Like, uh, to be honest, not at all. So for Johnny me, Marr, not Johnny Mars. Sorry. And it's because uh, and it's it, having worked in, in the music business, like I have no issue with popularity. 
these guys want to be popular. They want to sell millions of records. They want to sell as many tickets as possible. They want to play to as many people as possible. Like, and I learned that, um, and you know, I'm going to sound like an even bigger douche, not that I haven't for the last 30 minutes, but like, I learned that from Elliot Smith, you know, and, and when I was able to tour with Elliot, like, that's like, I felt like I had to treat him with kid gloves. And I was like, Hey, we're going to this radio station, Elliot. And I know it's not what you really want to do. And I'm sorry, I got to put you through this, but you know, HFS is playing the record and they want you to come in. For, and he just, I remember, I, I'll never forget it. We were in DC and he stopped me. He goes, Hey, I want this. Like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want this. Mm. You know, I want people to like my music. I want people, he goes, I'm fine doing all of this. He's like, that's why you and I are in this van and we're doing this day. You know, we're in DC today and we're in Boston tomorrow and we'll be in New York. on Friday. I'm into this. And like, that's when I recognize, Oh, wait a minute. The, you know, the, the eels, they want to be huge. They, they don't want to keep playing the palace. They want to play Staples center. And Elliot wants to play, you know, bigger venues than the Troubadour when he comes to LA and Jimmy world wants to be the biggest band in the world. Like I, I always thought like, oh, no, these guys are kind of they're your less popular. Artists, right. Yeah. And that's that's not the case. You know, I'll they, say this about they all want to be popular. So I that, that my issue with Pearl Jam is I just think they fell off. You know, I just I, and look, that happens. It, it happens to a lot of bands where it is very, very hard to be really good for a long time. You know, there are very few that can do it. Um and I just, I fell out of Pearl Jam. I just thought the quality of their music declined, you know? I think, me, well, that just sounds it, Now it, it you open up a can me. of, you open up a can of worms there because really the dead existed on what they created in the 60s for, for decades on end. People uh, love to I would, I would push back. In the Dark is a good record. Beyond, I'm, I'm not saying they didn't have good records, but well, no, you're, they, oh, they, oh, they had some, you know, they had some really bad records. You know, they definitely did. But, you know, in the dark ended up and, and look, that could happen with Pearl Jam, maybe, you know, and, and Eddie will disagree. He loves everything they make. But just for me personally, I thought they fell off true. considerably. I don't love everything they've made. I definitely have records that are on the lower end um, here. Here's what I'll say, though. So so just to get back to round this out here, this is what I <laughs> for, found for our 15 minute conversation. <laughs> You're right. This is what I found fascinating, though, with Spaghetti's like hierarchy of things. He was willing for the back-to-back Grand Slam. He was willing to part ways with a toe. One of his own toes he was going to give for that. <laughs> but not the Pearl Jam shows. The left that is, that was, And also the touch the, the touch of his lady. Incredible. The touch of his lady love, too, for two years. That he was going to go without But not Pearl Jam. That's when I thought. That is just right, incredible this, has gotten, this has gotten loco now. Now we've gone low. Uh, we need we need to help him. We need Eddie, and I can just see it on your face how upset you are. God, I love I, it's it so just much. like this is the thirtieth so conversation much. over and over again. I know, right? and you I can't, you get, enough of like I I can't like get enough them. of it. I can't get enough of it. It makes I me so happy. I love on every it. pod we get. I also like other bands. I also like going to comedy <laughs> shows. Like I'm not I'm not a person who'll watch. Like, uh, but that's Royals, our point. That is our whole. Do you understand? Game. I won't watch a Timberwolves Mavericks basketball. Eddie, that is our whole point. It is not the only band in your universe. So you can just replace it for two years. No, but you can replace that live show for two years with countless other shows. You know, like you just said it. You like going to comedy clubs. You like that will fill the musical void. 
No, You're it not- doesn't. It doesn't because oh. after just the, the pandemic, it's like you missed out on a bunch. Like the Giants have stunk considerably since, I guess, the last. The, the and now you're going to get them to win a Super Bowl and you're going to no, be there but, to see but, it. And that's it, not worth no, a Pearl Jam show. But, but, but see, my point is that like they lost, you know, 16, 17 weeks on a Sunday. It's like and then my life goes on and it's like it is what it is. And you get just as excited for the draft and they stink again. It's just like it is what like it's same thing with the, the Rangers. I haven't won a cup, but I've had good experience in the playoff rounds. They don't win in life goes on. But I feel like if you remove the things that I truly love, which is music. If I don't have that, then it's like, then it's a huge void. Whereas you can continue without the sports teams succeeding. So it's like, to me, like other people have sports. Number one, that's what they care about for me. Maybe so I work in sports. I just don't have the same passion. Again, it's not like I, I'm not pushing back on that because you know, we're, we're driving the same road on that one. My point is, you know, that like, there are so many other avenues it's not like that's what is always it stands out to me is that it's just Pearl Jam. Like that's what well, stands out to me is he's not going to be able to stand successfully in the shower without a toe. He's already struggling. <laughs> right. You take away a toe, it's going to get even his old age. Not going to get easier. Not going to get easier. So when's the next Pearl Jam show, Eddie? May. Uh, Don't tell him, Spaghetti. Teach him a lesson. Tell him to May, look it up if he cares so much. May 6th, uh, Friday at the Forum, and then May 7th. And then I'm driving to Vegas May 20th to see them at the uh, MGM. So okay. So who are you going who are, who are you going with? Probably, unfortunately, uh, Jada for two or three of those. And then I'll just bring like a, a buddy <laughs> to one. Because she, she forces herself to go. And then she's like, but I don't really like them. So I'm like, well, I don't want to go to a show with you. But she's like, no, no, but she's like, you enjoy it. So I want to see you enjoy it. And I, that to me doesn't, that doesn't sync up. I'd so are you somebody... someone that, that sings along with nice. every, like you immerse yourself, you get lost in the music? Yeah, I, uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. I do you talk there. to other people there? Like, are you high five and being like, can you believe they're playing this? How, what a great transition that was. Like generally speaking, their fans are pretty uh, friendly. And then I do know a lot of people that are going. So it's going to be a, a, I'll see people that. Well, that's what I mean. So like, it's a huge group of people. You're going to like tailgate in the parking lot, have a few pops before you go in. Okay. And also it's at the forum, which is like my favorite building to see a show at. So it's uh, it's a great place. See money. You're not so different. You did this with the dead uh, in your year. 100%. 100%. And if you had told me I could have watched back in that day, you know, and, and look, I saw some incredible dead shows. Sadly, I saw Brent's last show it was the best dead show I ever saw. And it was incredible. And his fire on the mountain that night. And they ended with the band and the weight. It was just it was exceptional. And, and you know, that's something that, that, as I said, I carry that with me a hell of a lot more than any championship. I saw Bruce. I got Warren to watch it in for Brent. And in Vegas, those exact I saw those same yeah. numbers. I saw, yeah, I saw them on the hillside in, uh, in so, outside Indianapolis. What's that place called? Deer Creek, right? Deer Creek. I saw. I've. I think I saw three shows at Deer Creek. Um, and you and also saw, saw the inside of a a porta potty during one dead show. That's one of your better. That was Soldier shows. Field. Yeah, that was Soldier, a Soldier Field. Field. Yeah, that was. Oof, that was intense. I'll tell you, <laughs> you have no idea what plastic can look like. Um, <laughs> So again, I'm not pushing back on that. I just find it fascinating that like you, you know, you can, I, I just feel like you can replace that with, uh, with other great music. There's enough great live bands out there that I would be willing to, to trade my favorite act for two years. And I would be able to, to replace it. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I can't see them, but eh. As I'll say this: are torn, descendants are torn, bad religions back out torn. Like, ah, you know what? I think I'll be all right. I could go see. Just saw Turnstile oh, a couple times. That was a lot of fun. Would be, I bet bad religion would be a fun one to check out. Oh, they're great. They're coming. Uh, they're doing the Palladium. I think in like a month. 
they're uh yeah they had bad religion descendants show they did it down at uh house of blues anaheim and that's meaningful matt money smith your all-time show seen so many live shows over the course of your life your number one would be to see the smiths huh i would not have guessed that would not have guessed 100 just because it'll never happen it'll never happen like they they hate each other with the intensity of a million sons that it could never be put back together but yeah to be able to hear that you know look when you hear johnny margatar you know it's him within two notes when you hear morrissey sing you know it's him within one note and then when you put those two together and you think about those albums and just how different you know how different what they were doing was from anything else that was happening at the time like that's that to me that's know, just that's music history weirdly, yeah they're weirdly made fun of i hear a lot of a lot of cools make fun of the smiths now i don't get that one no, no the, by, by the way uh football gave me one of the one of the cooler music musical experiences that i've had you know the, the kimmel show when they rehearse in the middle of the day you can be like one of three people watching my morning jacket run through their three or four songs for that night that will be shared with the nation. That's That's super amazing. But once the year after the Seahawks won the Super Bowl in advance of their uh, NFL kickoff against the Packers, the next day I was on my way into the stadium and I'm walking towards the stadium a couple blocks away. And I'm like, wow, this is just one of those towns where there's always live music. How cool. Oh, there's a cover band doing some sound garden numbers. Uh, around the corner I wonder where they are and I get closer and closer to the stadium and I'm like oh the the cover band's right there in front of the in front of the stadium and I get a little bit closer I'm like that's Soundgarden running through the set for the for the whatever the season opening pregame oh show. right yeah the kickoff concert right they, they played like six or eight songs or something like that but it was the, the day best. before and I walked up to it and I am 15, 20 feet, you know, he's up on a stage, but there's Chris Cornell right there running through. I was one of three human beings not in the band, just re- middle of the day, and they're running through all their biggest numbers. And, of course, no one will ever see that again. That was one of the yeah. uh, one of the cooler things that I've ever stumbled into in my life. Thanks, football. Um, and thank you, Matt Money Smith. That was uh, a rangy and a wild conversation. <laughs> Almost unpleasant in, in, uh, in certain chunks there. That's fantastic. <laughs> but, but always a good time. <laughs> You're lucky he can't punch you through the screen. With his, I just, with his, I'm not mad. I just like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm, we've done so this 30, 30 times. It was like, it's the same answer. Like, my answer is my answer. It's not going to change because you guys want it to. Because it's fun. I like to hear about it. I enjoy it immensely. It makes All me right. so happy. Like, it really does. <laughs> look, yeah, look what you Eddie. did for an old deaf man, Spaghetti. Oh, God. You made I'm his sorry, day. Eddie. It just does. It's, you know, hey, Eddie, no, have I, a great I, time. I, have a great you. time at the Pearl Jam shows. I, I, if, if I, if, uh, this is, this is my apology to you, Eddie. No, I don't, I believe, your, your apology I believe that, that I, music is, uh, that, that music is very personal. I have said this a million times when people do, uh, interview me and talk about my life and my backstory and they're like, oh, doesn't music suck now and this Bruno Mars crap. And I'm like, well, you know, for me, music's just personal. It's a connection in the era in which you grow up in that you want to push back, you know, on, on authority or whatever it may be. And you find those bands. So they become your favorite bands. Well, now the kids are doing that. You don't like what they listen to. So they listen to it because they're pushing back on you, the man to keep you down. Whatever you like, you like. And if it brings you joy, it brings me joy.
If it makes um, you if it makes you feel any better, Spaghetti, uh, as you know, money not only gets on me about imposing uh, my Pittsburgh loyalties. Now he's getting on Sal too about making his sons Mets fans too. Bad he's dad. Like, it's a bad dad. Look, it's a I bad mean, dad. Your son was born in L.A. Sal. Archie's born in L.A. He's raised in L.A. He's never going to live in New York, and that team stinks. And they've always stunk. Don't you see? You're talking about the highly personal thing in music. Sports is about your family. No, what it's do you understand? No, it is not. Sports of course is, a- it is. Sports of is course. about your town. It's about you connecting with the other if people I- in your school. You mean to tell me going out on the playground when you're playing a pickup game of baseball and everybody out there is, oh, I want to be Clayton Kershaw. I want to be uh, Max Muncy. I want to be Gavin Lux. I want to be Cody Bellinger. Who do you want to be? Um, I want to be Alonso. Who? What? I want to. You got a bad dad. That's a bad dad. He I should be, be out there. I want to be Jordy Mercer. Who? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> well, let me you live in L.A. All your that, friends are in L.A. They're all Dodger fans. That's your thing. My heart style. is on the banks of the three rivers, and you bet your ass That's that your if thing. the Penguins win the you cup, I'm blowing there. in a call to the people back you there. You were raised there with your dad, and you're living here, and your son was born here, and he's being raised here, and he should be able to go to 10 Kings games a year. He's allowed. That's that's absolutely. He's fun. not allowed. He is he's not allowed. allowed. You that's know what? Not true. You've the polluted Chargers, his brain. The Chargers. I took him to the stadium as you instructed. Yes. Beautiful joint. Oh, a lot of lot of powder blue. A lot of black and gold too. More sure was. But uh, watch them shame the Steelers for the most part. We emerged from that joint, and he's still a Steelers fan because of you. Mission. Because Accomplished because he's in my family, and that's what he wants to please his father. He wants to please his father. That's what he wants to do. Amen. That's right. The the bigger man, the bigger man is the one that says, You know what? It's time to change my allegiance. (laughs) It's time to change my allegiance. (laughs) I think you're supposed to say nothing, man. Not that's not how you say better man. There you go. Now you got it. How's better man go? Nothing, man. (laughs) Come on, Eddie, sing it. I'm not in the mood to sing, but uh, that's better, better, better man would be my, my pee break song. That's that's when I go to, I've seen her enough. That's when I go get uh, another soda pop. <laughs> now, you happy, money? Now he's not in the mood to sing. Look at what you did. Uh, makes me he's so a happy. man whose heart is filled Listen, with song and you've took taken it from him. If someone's got to come on this podcast and be the villain, then God damn it, it might as well be me. I'm all right wearing that black hat. I got no problem at all. <laughs> all right, Call we'll me Ed here. Harris. That's we're my gonna, role, damn it. We're going to let that Sal let, uh, we're going to play this back for him. You tell Sal. Him. Hey, Sal, I'm looking at the camera, right? Where's my single? Okay. There it is. There it is. You got it. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. That kid should be wearing Dodgers gear. You have the pull. You have the connections. You can get him on the field during batting practice like I did for my daughters. I didn't force them to be Cubs fans. I was like, no, we live in L.A. I got Chavez Ravine right here. I can take him to the games. And I, I, I work at the Dodgers station. So what do I do? I get him on the field. Next thing you know, my kids are having conversations with Justin Turner and Jock Peterson. And they're their favorite players. And they become my favorite players because of the joy it brings those children. And if you guys had a heart, 
you would recognize that your allegiances don't matter anymore, you old men. Do it for your children. What's worse, making your kids Mets fans or when they're in the car with you, making them listen to Huey Lewis and the news nonstop? (laughs) Well, it depends. What what Huey Huey record are we listening to? (laughs) I I do have to say, for all my years of making fun of Sal and Jimmy for for Huey being their main guy, if you go into the early Huey Lewis and the news – kind of good yeah it's, it's, it's great uh, you can do I, saw Huey, uh, I saw Huey I saw Huey live a few times it was my friends my one of my best friend's sister's favorite band and when I was too young for my parents to let me go to shows by myself uh we would always tag along with her she's like hey Huey's playing Alpine Valley. You want to go? Like, yeah, heck yeah, I do. Huey <laughs> was at Alpine Valley. Oh, yeah. Sold That's out. Yeah, sold out. It's hilarious. And I, I was like, I was like, I hope Hip to Be Square comes on pretty soon. That's my favorite song. <laughs> on a new drug. Yeah, they got a little loose. On a new drug. Exactly. All right, listen. We've said it's it. Been a, it's There's been a joy. Left. There's nothing left to be said, but the next time we do say stuff, let's make sure handsome Hank Hodgson is a part of uh, our beloved quartet here. I just, Uh, can I just, can I say one last thing? You can. I just, I want to believe this is going to happen. I want to believe that this call is going to end and Eddie's going to go to his stereo. And, or I guess kids don't, <laughs> kids don't have stereos these days, right? You, you, whatever, your Bluetooth speaker, right? Eddie is probably how you listen to stuff. I'm Rob Manfred gave him some Bose headsets. So he's, <laughs> oh, and you know what? No, I almost, I almost feel like, you know, I, I want to have this vision. You know, Eddie has, has got vinyl and he's got like a, he's got a nice record player and he's got a full setup with like a Carver vacuum tube amp just because he likes the warmth of the vinyl. And I just want to see him like, you know. <laughs> He smiles but, as he does. <laughs> I want him to like take that seven inch import of Dirty Frank and put it on and just like and just put it on and sit in there and go, he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about me. <laughs> he doesn't know a speck. He doesn't know a speck about Pearl Jam. <laughs> I don't think I think she is. No. <laughs> but it's you no, and me. The, the, nude, the nude painting he did of, of Eddie Vedder is who he seeks comfort in. He goes to that, Eddie, that guy didn't get it. <laughs> Lately for me, it's the Chili Peppers and uh, Jack White. So that's, that's what I'm spinning. It's probably a good time to end the pod. <clears throat> oh yeah i know you don't you're not an anthony kiedis guy i'm not either to be honest no, with you but you honestly, good. Good job. for great though that that's very I mean, good come on the rest of the band is exceptional anthony kiedis just can't sing that's the only problem he can't he can't hit a note he's got auto-tune his vocals live it's embarrassing i go that's, way back that's a story I, for another day that's and i that's, love i love again and, and and that's you know i'm the same with with red hots you know freaky styly i got in on that i was just know, gonna say I, freaky styly awesome. is where they peaked to me right yeah, so that's i'm an old guy who likes that and then they got popular by the way you know what actually no I'm, I'm being sincere i'm not trying to be a smart ass here eddie um but uh, i'll i'll put this out there the song is terrible is is Keita singing? Is he like trying to do a sea shanty or something yeah, in that new song? It's like an Irish kind of like pirate kind of weird shanty for Black Summer. You're 100 percent right. It's unlistenable. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it is completely. It's it's, it's it's humiliating. Like, what is he doing? I, I he's like auto tuned. He's got this weird Irish accent. I'm like, is it a sea? Yeah. Sh- like, what is? This? I don't ever want to feel. <laughs> um. Yeah. St- stick to uh, you know what hey, you we're doing on freak. Whatever Friday. makes you happy, Eddie. May it bring Save. you great joy. May it bring you great joy. Um, you shouldn't have said that about Johnny Marr, though. That wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. 
and also that out there too. I, I I wish spaghetti nothing but uh, you know all the happiness in the world except for the Rangers this spring. Let's uh, especially if they're playing Kid Crosby. Have some respect for the old man. He only has so many years left on the ice. All right, all the right. great Matt Money Smith, Dynamite Times as always. A great Again. fifteen minutes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> iHeartRadio, check out the greatest radio show in all the land. Petros and Money, listen to them on the Chargers, watch them on your TV and beyond. Matt Money Smith, everybody. Thanks, Pally. Absolutely. And that's that, Eddie Spaghetti. There goes a contentious Matt Money Smith. What's up with that dude, bro? No, he I, look, I have no ill will. He's allowed to have his opinion. Uh, his lack of interest in the bands I like means better seats for me. Uh, and again, like for the <laughs> 50th time on all these shows, like people have different opinions. I want to like what I like. Um, and it may be shocking to some that, you know, I'm not constantly watching sports, even though I work in it. Uh, I'd, I'd still prefer, you know, music and comedy and other stuff that I like more. So it's, uh, it's really all I have to say. I appreciate anything that uh, brings me to hanging out and celebrating with my pals and my family and otherwise. That's what we'll continue to do here on Minus 3. And we'll be celebrating uh, some hot sports talk with Kevin Hench in just a couple of days here. We'll look forward to doing that. Make sure in the meantime you're listening to all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. Head over to the ExtraPoints.com arcade and play against us and challenge us. Maybe you'll win a nice ball cap or some other fancy prizes there. So... Until next time, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.